welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Especially for Get Paid For Your Pet listeners, get two free months of their premium version. For more details, visit hostfully.com slash pad. Welcome everyone, episode 169 of Get Paid For Your Pad. Today I'm very excited to have a very good friend of mine on the show. I've actually stayed in his Airbnb listing in Denver, Colorado. I've known him for a while. He's uh, he's a quite an inspiring figure. So I'm really excited to be picking his brain today. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jasper. Nice to be here. How's it going, buddy? It's good, man. It's good. Just enjoying the sunshine in beautiful Colorado. Awesome, dude. So I think your story is quite interesting. Your background, uh, you've been an entrepreneur since a young age. So why don't you share some of your background with the listeners? Yeah, sure. I wasn't really a good student in school. I was primarily interested in the arts and design and grew up in New York City, actually. So there was lots of inspiration, lots of great trips to the city. And uh, through a turn of events, the skate shop that I was working at at the time in the mid-90s was for sale. And I ended up buying this skate shop. So I had my first business when I was 21 years old. And then a couple of years later, I sold that, and then I started to travel, and traveled the world for a little while, and went back to school for a little bit, tried a couple of different careers. I was a beekeeper, I was a gardening teacher, I was a fourth grade teacher for a while. And then about 10 years ago, I started my last business, and uh, I had that for about eight years. And then I sold that company about three years ago. And then since then, I've been traveling and remodeling some real estate and yeah, just downshifted for a little while, trying to discern what the next step was going to be for me in my career. Awesome. So I know you as somebody who always puts a lot of thought into the things that you do. You pay a lot of uh, attention to detail and you're very organized which is comes in very handy if I think if you're running businesses uh, and so and this also is reflected in the way that you run your Airbnbs and and also yeah. the design that goes into your Airbnb uh, properties yeah. so I, I remember staying at, uh, at one of your places in Denver and I remember you were remodeling it at the time but I also remember mm -hmm. that uh, you know that it was just a very well decorated place it, it really had everything that you could possibly think of and then some extra stuff as well. Um, yeah. So in this episode, we're really going to talk about you know, how can you make the most of your listing? And and again, not just how do you run your business most efficiently? How do you get you know the best results? But also, 
when it comes to decorating interior design like how do you create a unique experience for for your airbnb guests so yeah. i'm sure you have a lot to say on this topic yeah yeah i have this theory about my guests and i call it closing the gap and the gap is in my mind how quickly can i get them to feel at home and get them to being making them feel like oh gosh i don't want to leave or gosh this feels like home and i've only been here for two days so i run this i run this through my mind constantly which is you know from the immediate initial contact to the time they step foot in the house i want them to feel like they're already enjoying the space they're enjoying the experience so i have this thing in my mind like i said it's called closing the gap i i think you know the airbnbs i've stayed in throughout the world and what i see online i think that there's kind of two or three different types of airbnbs there's the sterile airbnb which kind of looks like every every other airbnb you know the, the stuff that's bought from ikea or everything is really clean and neat and those are great they i think that's a very safe safe execution um it's a safe approach that's not my approach i i want to bring character to my guests i want them to feel like they're actually in someone's home not in sort of a pseudo hotel i try and keep just whatever it is around the house maybe some are personal items um some art maybe it's just the spice rack it's just lots of different jars around so i want people in closing the gap i want them to have a home like experience i want them to have probably experience is the most important word awesome so can you share some mm -hmm. concrete details of how do you close that gap yeah so information is power and my intro email is pretty extensive and i go through all the things in my mind that would help me eliminate any concerns about how to start my trip in other words i run through things about transportation in my intro email i give them the door code in my intro email i give them the wi-fi password the wi-fi password is one of those things that i feel like your guests should never in a million years ask you for so i make i put it everywhere because wi-fi is one of those things that helps people feel connected right away i give them information about places to eat right away breakfast if i know they're coming in the morning or dinner if they're coming in the evening i make it very clear to them that communication is important and always let us know if you have any questions also in that email i give them a link to a google drive folder and inside that google drive folder is the house manual and the house manual is close to 20 pages and i walk people through pretty much almost every room in the house. And if there's an interesting story about a piece of art that's in the house, I'll take a picture of that piece of art. And there's a description about maybe the story of how I got that piece of art. 
If there's something unique about, let's say, my patio, as you've seen, is all made out of pool table slate, I'll make sure people know that in inside the um, house manual. Oh, and the other thing that I've done too is I know Hostfully has a good has a new user interface now. Before their recent update, I made a Google Map, and inside the Google Map um, has maybe three dozen different points of interest in my neighborhood. And I've thought about everything, you know, Walgreens, banks, quick, easy ways on how to get into or out of the city via the expressway. And I'm also doing one other thing, Jasper, that I'm really excited about. Maybe somebody else is doing it already. Maybe they're not. I'm coming up with about five different playbooks where I want to give people step-by-step things to do if they only have two days in Denver or if they're really wanting to see street art or if they want to travel to the mountains to go skiing or snowboarding. Each of these activities will have sort of an outline of exactly what they can do. So I want to take the guesswork out of them trying to figure out all the details of how to plan these mini micro vacations. I'm going to put it all in individual documents on, hey, okay, Joe already gave us an itinerary of must-see things to do in Denver, or Joe gave us an itinerary on going skiing. This is where we get lift tickets. This is the best place to park. This is how to avoid traffic. I can go on and on and on. I'm all about creating an experience for people. Awesome, dude. Uh, I know there's another uh, quote that you uh, provided me with, actually, and I really yeah. like it. It says, always improve because it's too easy to get lazy. <laughs> Jasper, it, it's it's really a tenant. And going back to what I was saying earlier about my first business, my very first landlord, he said to me, he sat me down. I was 21 years old. He sat me down and he said, um, he pulled out a napkin. He's like, Joe, when you clean the counters, don't just take the napkin, scrumple it up, and wipe down something. He said, fold it. Fold it in fours and use each side. He's like, you can't you can't be wasteful. And he said, you can't just maintain. If you're maintaining, you're losing. You always need to be improving. And I have found that to be so true in this experience because my, my Airbnb does pretty well. And about two months ago – I was like, wow, this is easy money. And then I thought, shit, I'm going to get lazy. And uh, I need to start putting more effort into making this even a better experience. So I've spent some money on gardening and landscaping and some new art and some new sheets and stuff like this. And just, just looking for ways on how to kind of outdo what I've already done for myself. Otherwise, otherwise you just get lazy, <laughs> you know, it becomes too easy. And if something's too easy, it's kind of an indicator that, well, maybe I need to go back and look at it again. Yeah. It's easy to get complacent. That's for sure. You, you also have certain business practices that you, that you apply okay. to your Airbnb listing to, to keep things organized and, you know, to sort oh, yeah. of know what's going on to measure things. Can you touch on that a little bit? Oh yeah. So Wednesdays are my airbnb days and so the first and foremost thing is i have a scheduled time every week that i sit down and i look at 
a fixed list of things that I have to do. So I'll look at the the month's numbers. I'll look at expenses that I may have been incurred over the past week. Um, I'll look at any repairs that I know I need to schedule or things that I need to buy like supplies. So Wednesday mornings, I'll have this fixed agenda. And then I'll also go over, like I did this thing now with my listing where I have title slides. So I don't know how you feel about it, but the Airbnb website, I think, limits the amount of creativity that the homeowners, the property owners, what we can do with it. So I, on my listing, I now have these slides so people know exactly what room they're looking at. And I'll go through all of these things in about two hours. And I'll also update the Google Drive folder uh, for my guests. And, you know, everything I use, I do in spreadsheets. Um, I have a specific folder on my computer for all my Airbnb business. And then the other thing I'll do on that Wednesday morning is I'll track according to the AirDNA data. So I'll look at where am I supposed to be according to the AirDNA data? What am I doing right? What am I, what can I be doing better? How are other listings doing? So I'll have a, you know, the real key to the success is just having a set day and time. And then throughout the course of the week, I'll just continue to add things to the to-do list of things that I have to do on my Wednesday mornings. And for those uh, yeah. who don't know what AirDNA is, it's a it's an app that you can use to to check out what the competition is doing, see how much are people making, what kind of amenities do they have, etc. Yeah, very useful yeah. tool created by my good friend Scott Shetford. So a little shout out to him. Yeah. You've heard me talk about Hostfully a lot over the past few months. I love sending my beautiful Hostfully guidebook to my guests, as it makes me look very professional. I also love including screenshots of my guidebook in my actual Airbnb listing. This helps me stand out from the crowd. Well, now I'm thrilled to announce that I'm a sponsor of the Hostfully host program. Twice a month, Hostfully selects a host and features them on their top-ranked blog. This is great promotion for your listing and a cool way to share your favorite local spots to a large audience. What's even cooler is that each Hostfully host gets a free set of organic sheets from the clean bedroom. And now that I'm a sponsor, you'll also be featured in my newsletter, my social media feeds, and you'll get free access to my video course on how to be a great host. For more details and how to apply, visit hostly.com slash hostly host. What else do you do to yeah. really optimize the experience for your guests? So I try and think about the different types of travelers that I have coming through my house and I'll have people who are on family vacations and I'll have games for them throughout the house and I'll let them know that there are games. There's a very obvious clear section in my house for Jenga, um, cards, I have a, a Bimini ring toss, I have bocce in the backyard. Um, so for my families that are traveling, I'll try and give them things to do in the house. And like I said, with the playbooks, I'll make things very easy for them if they want to go out and venture and explore Colorado. For the business travelers, 
when I know that someone's coming in for business, I'll be sure to let them know in I have a, um, a standardized email for business travelers where I'll point out where the coffee is. I'll point out how to get on and off the expressway. I'll point out to them where the convention centers are um, or anything else, even like the FedEx. So depending on who the guest is, I'll just try and put myself in their shoes and say, okay, it's this type of guest. What are they going to need to get the most out of the experience? I want them to have a great time. So I am a host and I'm a tour guide. I'm like a virtual tour guide is the way I think about it. And I want to be the guy that comes in and saves the day for them um, or the person that really put them in a, in a position to get the most out of their trip. The last thing I want them to be worrying about in my mind are simple amenities that somebody who's just trying to get comfortable uh, in a new place. I don't want them to worry about any of that. The soaps and the you know the utensils or whatever it is, the towels, all the little things, you know, those should all really be they, they shouldn't be things that you should really be worrying about. You should be really focusing on who are they and what do they need and what do they need even before they even know that they're gonna need it. That makes sense? It makes sense to me, yeah. You're really not, you know, one thing I always advise people before they start their Airbnb listings is to literally mm -hmm. go out on the street and pretend that you've just arrived in your city and now you're about to walk into your Airbnb <laughs> as a guest and really visualize that experience because that's the only way to really, you know, figure out what are the actual needs of, of your guests, right? And imagine, you know, what kind of traveler are they? So if, I, I think that makes, I, I like how you uh, worded it actually to provide people with something even before they figured out that they need it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's exact, yeah. And, and what I do, it's funny. I do it all the time. Whenever I travel, again, I use the Airbnb, and I open up the front door, and I put myself in the shoes of my guests. You know, I, I, I do this little mind trick on myself. I'm saying to myself, okay, I want to feel comfortable what am I looking for? I'm looking for the light switch. I'm looking for the couch. Or I'm now starting to think about where's the grocery store because I want to get food in the fridge or I need coffee. And I just make all these mental notes to myself whenever I'm traveling like, okay, what do I need to, to feel like that this is home? And then I go back home. I go to my Airbnb and I say, okay, uh, now I'm that guest like what you said. I'm opening up the front door what are they going to want? What are they, what's that primal impulse of making them feel like home? It's all about making people feel like they can relax, that the, the house is supporting their trip and not getting in the way of them exploring the city, exploring the town or doing what it is that they came there to do. And that's another reason why I, I think you know, the sterile environments, um, I don't know if I said it earlier, but I almost want, I set it up in a way where I want people to almost engage in their inner voyeurism, you know, their inner voyeur. Like, I want them to feel like it's okay to peek into my life. 
or I invite them to peek into my life and and pull things out, whether it's the books on the shelves or the snowboards on the walls. You know, I want them to feel like, wow, they're in they're in someone else's life and it's still inviting. But there's a time and place, I think, for the sterile IKEA Airbnbs. But I I'm not afraid to put, you know, glassware that I know may break or pieces of framed art that, you know, just, you know, may inspire a certain kind of reaction. I, I want people to feel like engaged or kind of inquisitive or curious versus the, the house kind of just feeling like the equivalent of like a hospital room. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I know yeah. you have, I know you have two listings. So one mm-hmm. listing you, you rent out permanently and then the, yeah. the other listing is where you actually live. So you only rent out that one when you're on holiday or I wouldn't, I should right. say holiday. I should say when you're traveling. So my question really is, uh, so right now you're in Denver. So do you Mm -hmm. personally greet your guests when you're in Denver? Yeah, I try to. And when I don't, I have a co-host that helps me and then he'll greet them. And um, it's it's always a treat for me whenever I get a chance to meet the guests. And I definitely feel like that is something that, if at all possible, somebody should greet the guests. Somebody should find out when they're arriving and be there to shake hands, be there to open up the door, be there to point out one or two key things. That is the white glove service. Um, that adds to the human connection. You know, that adds to closing the gap. It's something that a hotel can't provide. You know, the front desk person can't give them that personal touch that somebody can when they're opening up the actual door to the house. So if I can't greet them, then my co-host will greet them. Yeah. And then there's been times when, you know, guests have shown up at 10, 11 o'clock at night and we can't get there and we just check in to make sure we'll send them a quick message to make sure that they got in okay if there's any questions. And speaking of communication, Jasper... I, I really think if you want a high-performing Airbnb, your communication needs to be within, you know, minutes, not within hours. Like you need to be within ten minutes, five minutes of reaching out. Even if you don't have the answer, they need to know that they're not lost at sea, waiting to hear back from you. So, I think that that should be the standard. For anybody who wants, again, like a very high-performing Airbnb where they can command extra dollars for their service, that the people know that, you know, if I got a message right now on the phone while I'm doing this interview, Jasper, I'm going to send them a quick message saying, hey, I can't get back to you, but give me like five minutes and I'll be right back in touch. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Communication is key. It's half the battle won. Uh, when yeah. you communicate uh, well with your guests, of course, response times, etc., is very important. Just yeah. quickly before we finalize this episode, uh, what what's yeah. our, what are some of the most memorable experiences you had? Being a host. Yeah, do you have some some weird uh, guests, or maybe uh, some guests who caused some trouble, or maybe you had some guests that you really connected with and ended yeah. up being friends with them, or? 
Yeah, I think I've had all the above. There's been great people that have come into the house. And I hear this from the co-host. Like they'll come into the house and they'll see all the character in the home. And then they'll say, who is this guy? And that seems to be like a pretty common question, you know, when they come into the homes. And that that feels good. Like people appreciate the house. I've had this one particular person, I think they were from Germany, and they asked so many questions. They wanted even information on how to get food, grocery food delivered to the house. And we outlined so much information. They even wanted to know like down to the almost the day before they arrived, like what the weather was and they're traveling to other parts of Colorado and they wanted to know clothing attire. And then they get to the house and they break something in the shower. And then they tell us that the upstairs bathroom is leaking. And then they leave like a, <laughs> they leave like a two word review. <laughs> so sometimes, and this seems to be a little bit of a theme, sometimes the people that require the most amount of attention, because this has happened before, sometimes are the people that end up breaking things. And at times, you know, they make you feel like the least appreciated. And it just comes with it just comes with the territory. You know, it's just it's a little bit of a pattern that we've seen. But um, we're doing we're doing a lot of events. We've had photo shoots for underwear companies. Uh, we're hosting a large event in the backyard where there's going to be a band and catering. So those events are fun. You know, when we get a chance to interact and that the house gets to be used in a different way, and those are very profitable as well. Awesome, man. Well, Joe, thank you so much for sharing your experience on Get Paid for Your Path podcast. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with you probably pretty soon in uh, Las Vegas, maybe. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks. All right, cool. cool awesome. Man. So thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll be back with another episode on Friday. So hope to see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.